TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 447, and I'm Libby, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter from uh, Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusan, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. All right, and this is our very special... From a very far away from each other episode of TV Campfire. <clears throat> and <clears throat> appropriately on the news, everything is canceled. Uh, TV and movie productions have pretty much all been shut down. If they have not been shut down this week, they will be shut down next week. Which means for me that I am out of a job. Woohoo! <laughs> so, uh... There will there's television until we'll talk about TV until there's no more TV because our season got cut short. Um, and pretty much every series the season got cut short. They're saying two week delays, but I don't believe them. Uh, we'll see when we actually get back to work. And though for our show, they've told us this is basically the end of season two, and we won't come back until July. So, yay. But, so that's really all the news. Television's canceled. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about the shows to make us all feel better. Uh, First up, let's talk about The Rookie. Um, And this is, what, like episode three or four since they've been back? Uh, And I'm trying to remember what the heck happened. Help me out, Peter. It hurt. He had the half brother, and the car was delivered. Oh, right. His brother was so lame. I didn't even understand. Like, David was the half brother. Yeah, he was lame. He was a lame brother. Um, and he kept stealing the car. I felt like he was daring him to arrest him. I was like, dude, just arrest him to make him feel better. Because he kept saying, you're not going to arrest me now? What about now? Are you going to arrest me now? I really felt like that was the goal. He wanted him to arrest him. Well, and I don't think that's a terrible thing i think it was him reaching out to make sort of a backdoor connection to his right. half half brother not yeah. real full brother half brother half yes, brother very for the episode. um i i just want to jump in by saying that i kind of disagree i mean it was out of left field and it was kind of ridiculous but i found it thoroughly amusing i really did i mean i don't know i i think i have a soft spot for pete davidson Anyway, I was just having this conversation totally not related to the rookie about how my friend was like, I don't get it with Pete Davidson. I don't find him remotely funny and blah, blah, blah. But I did, I, I you know, in the episode and I just it was like a not a complete throwaway episode, but it was definitely just a weird detour from a lot of stuff. And I don't know. And, and maybe they're setting him up. It sounds like to like come back, you know, in the future. Um, mm, I'm not it, looking forward to that. You know, I don't, I don't mind. I didn't love his character, but, you know, it was just a kooky, like, not a full comedy episode, but I don't know. Anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> Peter, your thoughts, thought, real quick. I, mean, I I like Pete Davidson, and 
it's interesting to see, you know, Pete Davidson is an SNL player, but even on SNL, he doesn't really do a whole lot. Like, and he just had a stand-up special on Netflix, um, which I thought was okay. But it was interesting to see, because on, on SNL, Pete Davidson is kind of like a, I don't know, he's kind of like the slacker, uh, stoner kid kind of vibe. Which is and what so, he was doing here. But he's not doing that here, because on, sort of, because on here... I guess I wasn't sure how menacing we're supposed to find him. You're not supposed to find him menacing at all. I think we are. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, he's he's just he's a loser brother. That's relief. all he is. Yeah, I thought it was pure comic relief. Yeah. Pure. Uh, he's not supposed to be menacing whatsoever. I don't know. I wasn't really laughing though. And like I mean, like I well, no, he does. He does do bad things. So I was like, eh. yeah, yeah, but they're all harmless. But it was harmless. Like only, yeah. uh, it was harmless. It, he was very harmless. But you know, it wasn't even that he did such funny things. I don't want to say that I thought he was particularly funny. I thought that whole, you know, little train ride they took us on, like especially the girlfriend or the, you know, not the girlfriend, but well, the like, stripper. You know, and she kept saying like, "Yeah, I did this," and you know, and he was, and she said specifically like, "What did she say?" Like, "Um, yeah, I don't lie for guys until the third date." You know what right, I mean? Right. And like, I thought she was hilarious. Like, I liked she was her funnier than him. Yeah, I yeah, liked she her, was probably funnier but than I didn't him. really like him. I liked, yeah, no, I would agree. I liked her. I also liked. Yeah, I, I also liked seeing. Um, uh, oh my god, what's this? What is uh? Nolan? What's Fillion? Nolan. What's the character? Is it Nolan? Yeah, Nolan. I like seeing Nolan um, now with his ex, Allie Larder, because I like her. So Sure. Uh, they're sure, okay. Me I mean, it's if they, they telegraph the heck out of it, I feel like if no. I was more surprised by their relationship, it would be better. And they have okay chemistry, I guess, but I'm not invested. So. Um, I'm wait, not invested what? yet, but I, I'm willing to give them a try. Slow burn. Yeah, I, would, I would agree. Wait, what else was what was what else was in the episode? Oh, oh, you know the other one was when they had cold cases, and then I thought this was pretty good, and it was like the bakery donut shop guy, and he was trying to get oh, out of the, right, right, right. the gang, yeah. and they wanted him to launder money, and you know, and and I thought it was realistic in the sense that they were like, we can't really do much, and they kind of tried, and it you know it seemed inevitable. So I also was like, how are they going to get out of this? You know, and it was a little you know what cliche. is it deus ex machina you know just kind of like, let's yeah. wrap it up you know but i thought that was fine again it wasn't like a serious serious storyline it could have been but you know i thought it was it played into just like regular realism and they it wasn't like a we're gonna you know whatever we watched them exhaust the proper channels and then he just turned it into a donut shop which of course is the wink wink to the trope of you know police and donuts or whatever so mm-hmm. i thought in general the episode was light and i don't mind that i'm like fine with that Well, I would agree overall. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about uh, 911 Lone Star, and they did a two-hour finale, but it wasn't really a two-hour finale in that the two episodes were one. It was more they just played two episodes back-to-back, and they weren't really connected at all. And my thing about the finale was the science behind the danger was a little silly to me. It was like... A weird storm from the sun, but it acted like an electromagnet, but it also had other weird properties, and I'm like, I don't think that's real. But the the end of the day, the problem was everything shut down as far as electronics, and everything went haywire, and things were turning on that shouldn't turn on, and oh my god, what are they going to do? So it was fun watching the team 
deal with it. But my whole thing about why I like Lone Star better than the regular 911 is that they don't have huge, crazy set pieces. And this episode basically just copied the other show, and I wasn't as thrilled by it. What do you think, Peter? Uh, I mean, I would... It's weird. Funny. I, I agree with you that what I really liked about Lone Star is I like... Because we've seen the team build, the one two six and everything, I, I really do like the characters a lot more than on nine one one. However, I will say on the original nine one one, they've had some pretty good, um, you know, disaster episodes. Right. So I'm not necessarily uh, against that. And I thought that for Lone Star's finale, having it be the is it like a solar flare? It's a is solar that flare, but it was like yeah, weirdness. Kind of, a, kind of a funny episode. Of I will not- say the most, the best thing that happened was the astronaut. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. The astronaut, yeah. so like know, the like his his uh, espresso his special machine, and they're like, oh, it must have gotten rebooted when it when when the power whatever. He's like, oh, uh, it's not plugged in. Like right. I, that was, that was funny. I'm, you're you're sidetracking the whole emotional resonance of the of the the astronaut storyline, which is no, no, actually no, teared did. me up a little bit. I did, I did like the astronaut story too. Oh, I, okay. I I agree. Um, also because. Of uh, because we're invested in um, the nine one one operator uh, who's been dealing with a lot of stuff with her husband's family and everything. So like I thought that had that gave it a little more resonance. Right. Yeah. It um, all worked. It all worked. And also I thought and actually I thought all that stuff was pretty good. Which was that the so the husband's got the dad and the dad like can't he, he seems like he basically he can't really take care of himself lately right because. Right. And I thought that was and the whole scene where he cut himself. I was like, Jesus, like that was all pretty good. Um, I think my only thing, no, actually, no, I liked it overall. Um, I also liked, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good season one finale. Like we also get like, I, you know, the uh, Rob Lowe's son, you know, he, he He's wasn't doubting his, his vocation. Yeah. Because he gets shot and then he visits the kid who shot him. And like, that was a pretty good scene. And like at the end, Besides the, to recommit to the one two six, which was good, and then I have to say, um, I had not liked up until the last two episodes. I had really not cared for the Liv Tyler, um, like my sister's dead missing thing. But I, I still don't say, care about it. Oh, I got to say, now that they actually have an, an actress playing her, like I've been like, oh, okay, now I, I'm getting to know this character. So, and and I will say. I, I liked that, you know, when you're dealing with stories of mental illness and stuff, it's not an easy fix. Yes, it's, it is weird that, like, she's she, – the whole – having to buy the fact that she's at the same homeless encampment that she goes to all the time, like, is a little hard to believe. But, but I did like that once you get her to the hospital and they're having her checked out and she wants to go back – it's she's not just fixed. Right. So I appreciated that. It's not like – and everything's okay now. So – I don't know. So I was yes. I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Yeah. Overall, I think it's been a good first season of the it, show. It is a good first season. I would agree. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul, and this was a weird, like, intermediate episode. Like, I feel like the whole storyline where, good lord, the the partner from McGill, uh, what's his Jim? name? <clears throat> no, oh, the part Howard. When he comes and Howard. offers him a job back um, with with the uh, company or with the law firm, and I saw, I mean, that's what Jimmy's always wanted. 
that's been his dream. And he offers it to him on a platter, and he's like, we really need you, and he apologizes to him. It almost felt like it was a dream that Jimmy was having, that what, you know... Um, and I was actually like, I didn't think, I knew he wasn't going to say yes. Cause obviously he has to become Saul Goodman. But what I really wasn't thinking he was going to do was throw bowling balls into the dude's car. I was like <laughs> a simple no would have sufficed. He could have just been like, you oh. know what? No, I'm okay. But what I bowling balls? Come on. Like that just, felt, I totes disagree. I mean, do, I don't know if I, I don't blame Howard as much as he apparently blames Howard because Howard was just doing what Chuck, he was playing the bad guy for Chuck. Howard is not the bad guy. So yes, yeah, but he no, is. that's not how Jimmy sees it. I don't and think And I so. think for him, it was I, just I, too little I don't, too late. I seriously too much too, too little too yeah, late. That's true. It is I, a little I, too little too late. I agree with that. Howard is so smart. I mean, I really like the actor who plays him, Patrick Fabian, but oh, Howard's yeah. just Howard is smarmy and gross, and he could have stood up to Chuck because Chuck was effing crazy. That's true too. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> you, I you expected him back. to say no. I did expect him to say no, no but, you, but... but you can't go. I don't blame Jimmy slash Saul for what he did because you. Oh, now when it doesn't matter, when I've reestablished myself, when I literally reinvented myself, now you're willing to give me the thing I wanted years ago. Yeah, f you. And I know, and that's I expected him to say. <laughs> I expected him to say that. I didn't expect him to throw bowling balls into the dude's oh, house. Oh, I love that. I thought it was great. <laughs> I love the fact that when he's in the pawn shop, you don't know what he's doing. I know. That's great. <laughs> Although, the fact that he was looking for something heavy. I mean, that, that, like right away, I, when he's just started picking up random things and kind of weighing them. With well, his I, knew hand, like, okay, I knew he was going to throw it. I knew he was going to throw it. And I knew he didn't want anything so heavy that he couldn't throw it. Like, I got that. But I had no idea what he was going to do. I thought he was maybe testing things that him and that he and Kim could throw off the balcony again. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And I love that Kim's Jimmy's like, oh, the, uh, people will take care of that. And he goes to work and she takes care of it. <laughs> of course she does, because she's the responsible one. So that makes sense. Although, you know, she's she's starting to crack too i you know they're the cracks around the edges are showing because she's having she's she's like had it with the the firm that she's with Oh, absolutely yes she has yeah and mesa verde yeah Mm -hmm. she i don't i expect her to quit that somewhat soon like i feel like that's coming yeah um i just to see which way she goes because she's got that little larcenous streak in her but also a core of decency and so really depending on how she gets pushed i could think she could go either way well the only thing is i find that now we're getting closer to breaking bad i don't care as much about her character i'm just like oh i do i I I want to know what happened i do want to know what happened yeah Wait, I gotta say, as a person who I'm behind on Better Call Saul, but I gotta say, like Kim's like my favorite character. So, Libya, you're saying I shouldn't even watch the if she's not a part of the show. I don't care. I mean, she's my. She's favorite a part character. of the show. She is a part of the show. Part of the show. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Libya doesn't care about. I'm saying that as the storylines are starting to converge, we are really close to those conversions of the storylines, and as they're starting to converge, her story is less. 
relevant to the conversion. Like, her story's not going to come... Well, it might be, to be honest. It actually might. But right now, what case she's dealing with, with Marissa Verde, I don't care about that at all. Uh, But... Well, but I think that that leads to what happens later on. I think, for me, what happens to Kim is really core because... Because she is so absolutely crucial to Better Call Saul, but she is completely absent in in Breaking Bad, and I want to know yeah. how that happened. Right, right, right. Preach. I uh, know. I agree, but I, I want to get to that. But I don't necessarily need to see her day to day work. Is what I'm saying. Really, that's what I usually like about. Are you? Do you not like her as an actress? Oh come on, Peter. <laughs> that's not what I'm. Right? That is not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I mean, but, I. I like that actor. I really like Rhea. I'm Rhea. not saying that at all. Rhea Seahorn. Tom, is that her name? Yes. Oh, okay. Watch um, the show, and then you then you can talk to me. Until you watch saying, the show, don't talk to me. I just <laughs> <laughs> laying down the law. Um, but yeah, uh, and then we have the Mike storyline. Where is he? I'm guessing. This is my guess that uh, <clears throat> Chicken Man. Uh, Gus Ring. Thank Gus. you. He basically, even though they cut ties, I think he had somebody watching him. So that when the big altercation happens at the end of the episode, that's how he ends up in... He looks like he's in Mexico. Like, that's like, what is he's going a, on? He's in some mission somewhere, which is he's weird. somewhere, yeah. yeah. But I'm guessing that one of Gus's guys intervened and saved his life. That that's the only thing I got. That that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We are still giving Better Call Saul a thumbs up. I just felt like this oh, was a yeah. in between episode. You know. Next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, and Tom. Let's give us the quote you you texted me last night. I finished the episode last night and texted Libya, "Dear This Is Us." Henry Winkler called. He wants his shark back. <laughs> And I have to say, this was one of the first episodes that I didn't finish. I started the episode, I got about 25, 30 minutes in, and I was like, bored now, and I turned it off. That does not, that is not normal. And then when Tom texted me, I was like, oh, dodge that bullet. So, Tom, tell me, what is the said shark that Henry Winkler wants back? Oh, um, that's a reference to a Happy Days episode. Well, I know. Oh, I, I okay, know the okay, reference. Okay. I meant, what is the I, This Is Us shark? I uh, am hating the trajectory of this artificial storyline where Randall and Kevin are going to have a falling out because ugh. of Rebecca's Alzheimer's. Uh, and which hey, one guys, of us is the better son? It's ridiculous. Here's the thing: her husband is next of kin. You don't get to make de- medical decisions for her. Period. That's uh, the law. And to build this yeah. whole, to, to build this whole, you know, brotherly love or brotherly the sibling rivalry conflict, and have it come to a breaking point over this, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And then when they tease next week's episode, and we're going to get a whole episode of what if Jack survived, I'm like, oh hell no, <laughs> that's, not, that's not this show. <laughs> that is not this show. So these may be the last episodes that I will watch of this show if this if this is how they're going to end the season because that's just BS. I, 
I didn't have the same intense reaction because as uh, when they were when they were showing that last bit, which I realize, um, Libya, you didn't see. One of the the key components that they're trying to say affects Randall is that he has convinced himself over the years that it was his failure to say the right thing to his dad that caused him to die that night. And he's been beating himself up all all the while. And I think that the next episode, I mean, if it's not, then I take this back entirely. But <laughs> it, I think that this is this is like Randall's fantasy. This is what, you know, gee, if I had just said the right thing, this is what would have happened. And he's got it all worked out in his head. So I, I'm seeing the next episode um, as as from Randall's perspective, not just, oh, let's do an alternate timeline and, and suddenly enter the area of science fiction or fantasy. I think that this is just the, the notion that he has in his head. So right. I was okay with that. And this is why Randall needs to stay in therapy. <laughs> yes. Well, he just started. Oh. Give him a minute. Oh, no, yeah, he's, not, go- he's not going back. What? I thought his no, wife he's... talked him into going back. He uh. walked out. Okay. It's a with back just, and forth, who knows? Ugh. But I, I agree with the whole thing about Rebecca because, I, frankly, she herself put the kibosh on it. She yes. said, "No, I'm not doing that. I, 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 that. I will live as much as I possibly can, and I'm not going to go into this this test thing that takes nine months out of my life." Right. And and you have to respect that because she's still competent. She can still make those kinds exactly. of decisions. And then for Randall to turn around and blame Kevin. No, come on, come on. This is a case, a classic case of because the script says so. Yes, I agree there. All right, I'm, so I get down to that bullet. Maybe I'll tune in next week and see what's going on. <clears throat> All right, next up, we're going to talk about the Magicians, which was good. The Magicians, yes, it was. Magicians has been good all season, and it did yeah, not it disappoint. I have to say. I, I always forget about the other Penny, who was the original Penny, <laughs> until he shows up. I was like, oh, right, this is the original Penny and not Penny 43 or 23. I was going to say. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is the Penny. Because the thing that's so crazy is when they killed the original Penny and gave us the alternate Penny, I was actually really mad about it. And now I kind of forgot about it. Because you like Penny 43. I actually not, I now like the new one. And I was like, oh, wait, right. You're not the Okay, wait. I like this one, too. And, oh, man. <laughs> Katie and now, got it right. And Katie's now like the, thing that, the thing that's weird is the dead, responsible Penny. I actually don't like as much because he's so buttoned up and responsible. And I'm like, mm, you're not Penny. So it's strange. <laughs> They've switched me. They switched him up on me. So, any other thoughts? There's a million things that happened in this week's episode. Uh, and, oh, I have one I thought... question. Were we supposed to know how... Uh, good Lord. Uh, Josh? The blonde. No, I was going to say the blonde. Uh, why am I blanking on her name? Alice? Alice? Alice. Are we supposed to know how, how she escaped with her fingers and got a reattack? Like, I'm a... What? Her like, fingers I, aren't reattached. They're magical. They're they're imaginary, which is why she can't she can't cast spells. Okay, I was confused because I was like, wait a minute. She lost her fingers. They got cut off, but then they kind of escaped. But wait, what? Like I was, I felt like I missed something. Yeah, Katie. It, it was a very her, like magical it, fingers. It was a very quick line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. but I, I really was still lost. I was like, how did they get out? What happened? Where? What? 
and she's healed now? Like, it was just so confusing. So now she has no fingers. Like, come on. That's disturbing. <laughs> don't they have any magical doctors in Fillory here? I don't know, right? Like, it was just, it was so confusing about what happened and how they escaped, and they didn't explain anything, and then... Anyway, okay, what about Josh? Josh, I for a second, I was like, Josh is not dead! They did not kill Josh! I like Josh's relationship with the little girl, especially how she totally yeah. didn't trust him at first. Right. And Josh, being Josh, can pretty much win anybody over. I right. mean, he freaking got Margo to fall in love with him. <laughs> Josh is awesome. I agree. Um, oh, the whole thing with the eye, too, with Margo's eye. Uh, they put a prism in her. She's like, I'm a television, I'm a movie projector now. I can't go anywhere. I have a projector in my head. Oh, that was great! Awesome. I'm, I'm gonna miss. They, they need after the show ends. They should uh, just get Hale Appleman and Summer Bishop to do an app where they just record Starkey. You know, the Starkey remark of the day is, <laughs> "I pay for that." I swear, I don't know why they're ending this show. I love the show so much. I'm gonna miss this so so much. Really. I'll probably start start with season one and binge it. I was about to say, I think I'm just going to start the show over because there's so many things that I don't remember from season one that they reference. I was like, wait, what? When did that happen? So yeah, I, I think I'm a it's a rewatch, especially if I'm going to be locked in my apartment. Totally rewatching it. <laughs> That's what we should do, guys. We should have a, we should have like rewatches and we pick a show and we all rewatch them together. That's, I feel like that's a group activity we could totally... Virtually? Yeah, well, yes, virtually, (laughs) obviously, because we have to have, you know, distance and whatnot. Social distance. I'm I'm totally behind that idea. All right, that's another another topic. Uh, Any other thoughts or magicians before we move on? Okay, so we're saying thumbs up. Very good story. I loved all of it. Um, these, this show is so good. Oh, wait, we forgot the last thing, which is now, um, what's her name can, can travel. What is her name? Oh, Julia. Julia can now travel because a baby. And then, baby, uh, yeah. and then Penny was, she was like, Penny Caesar. And she's like, uh, yeah. So there's this thing we got to talk about. Like that was <laughs> great. I, I, I love the bunnies though. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> And I like how they're super, how they super grew the baby because they were like, because it's the monkey moon, obviously. And I was like, yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, all right. So next up, we're going to talk about legacies, and this is my episode, my last episode of the season that you guys are going to see. Even though I have two more that I'm supposed to have done, but whatever. This is the last one you guys are going to see this season, and it was a really good one. I actually have to say, I liked it. Uh, what did you guys I think? loved it. Yay! <laughs> I like hearing that. What did you love about it? Uh, oh, my God. Almost everything. Um, you know, th- listen, I-, I don't I don't fault a show at this point, you know, for doing, like, the musical episode. This is our film noir episode. Like, you know, it- it's been done so many times. And that's okay. Just do it really well or do it really, you know, give me something new. For me this was just do it really well, you know? Um, and I won't even start with the costumes, which I thought were solid. They were great. I mean, they all looked pulled. I mean, this is a one hour teen drama. So I'm not saying that like they were 
custom making this stuff like Miss Maisel, you know, but it wasn't Halloween costumey. I guess I'll just talk about costumes first. Um, <laughs> so, and they all looked, <laughs> they all, I was like, I'm not talking about costumes. Um, they all looked great. The period hair, the makeup, uh, the, and then the, it really looked period, the editing, the shots, the, the mise-en-scene, the lighting. I mean, again, I mean, they were, it was just a flat out homage tribute to film noir and it was cheeky. You know, I thought the dialogue was on point. Uh, you know, it was so evocative of the film noir, maybe, you know, dialed up a little bit on the camp, which is totally great. Uh, the show's been doing that a lot, you know, this whole season. Um, so they, it's, they've got it down like the rat-tat-tat, the rhythm. I think, um, the acting was really, you know, again, it's very stylistic. So we're not, we're asking these, they're not kids. I know that, but it's a teen drama. So we're asking these guys to step outside the box and then to really kind of play roles that are, you know, very iconic. Uh, you know, so I, I thought Josie did a really great job. Um, what else can I compliment? Oh, so <laughs> there were like little lines of like, um, I love that line when ugh, I forgot the sweet vampire for his name, um, the detective MG. MG. Um, I loved his little, you know, uh, film noir, like voiceovers, and uh, they were adorable. And that line where he was something about, like, cigarettes, I know what it's like to, you know, smoke a cigarette Step and my want lips something, around, that, you know, something that's not good. That's yes, bad for I laughed out loud. Um, and so he, to me, has been sort of a weak link in the acting. Not that he's bad, but just out of everyone, I've kind of, and maybe the werewolf, but I thought that, you know, he was featured in this and I thought he did a great job, especially at the end, you know, when he talked about stepping up and being a hero and, and, and then this is the last thing I'll say, which plays into, I love Lizzie now. I love what they've done with Lizzie. They've totally, you know, she's, she's like went into a cocoon and metamorphosized as a butterfly. I think that the the arc of her um, development has been handled so well. She's still got a little mean girls in her, but she just keeps learning more about herself and growing. And it's very organic. And it really, to me, um, hope is just kind of hope. And that's fine. I'm not at all, you know, dissing her. She's kind of the, the spoke in the wheel. But um, I'm, I just, I think Josie and Lizzie, that whole storyline, and I, I know it's a huge part of the story about the, the merge and all that stuff. But anyway, so I'll finish by saying I can't think of anything I didn't like about the episode. I thought it was one of their strongest and very fun to watch. Uh, next, somebody else? I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I mean, I loved the look of it. I thought that they got the look absolutely just 100% down. It had the, all the shadows of the chiaroscuro, absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was, it was, it was great looking and it was great sounding. I got to tell you the soundtrack just blew me away. It, the, the music that they used to back this, mm -hmm. um, you just all, all the kudos in the world to the composer, because I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was, it was like, slight spoiler alert. Yeah. we uh, did not compose the noir stuff. Oh, we bought the noir music. Sorry. Okay. But well, hey, it was great. a good choice. Of music. But I look a question about the story, the story itself. What did you guys think of the story, especially the end? Nobody's talked about the end, which was the best part. Oh yeah, for sure. Allison, go ahead. No, I, I thought the story was great. I loved I loved the fact that they actually brought um, what's his name back the uh, professor the real professor Var, the real professor uh, Vardimus yes yes he so, was apparently so, locked in a locker this whole time 
this entire time. Nobody knew. Harry Potter. It was a little Harry Potter for me, but it was fine. <laughs> It was. Yeah, no, I, but the thing is, I really like him as an actor, so I, I would, I really appreciate him being brought back, and I'm looking forward uh, well when they finally FYI, go back into production again. All the scene, almost all the scenes with him in the real world, I cut. I cut from her telling everybody about the box, like explaining what the box was, and mm-hmm. then she finds him in the locker, and then he's like, "We got to get him out." I cut all of that. Thank you very much. Oh, well, good Jamie. I didn't cut any. I didn't, wasn't allowed to cut any of the noir stuff, but that's okay. I got to cut a lot of uh, uh, Alexis, so I was happy about that. Well, that was all good. Great. Yeah, it was all good stuff. Oh. And also, if you're talking about the story, I love the way that they did the. Not it wasn't ten little Indians, but it was. You know, I I really loved the way that they put them on that dream. Um, you know, scenario. I, I, just, I thought it was yeah, the structure was great, yeah. you know, and the killing. I mean, again, it's not anything we haven't seen before. Like you die and you wake up, you know, and, you know, and everyone's whatever. But I, I just yeah, I just really I I smiled the whole episode because I it was admiring. I was nope. like, oh, that's Nobody really mentioned witty. Dark that's Josie at all. Come on, guys. Get to the crux. Okay. Well, the I know. it was really obvious who the bad guy was going to be because sure. we know that she's she's dark now. Right. So, yeah. yeah, but you know, I loved how they integrated it into the storyline. So yeah. she's this, you know, this vampy bad girl. Um, and then when they bring it out into the real world. Yeah, that was a little surprising. That's that's a that's one way to get out of lockup. Um <laughs> I thought that's that's so, fantastic. I thought that was that end is really good, and she's walking the camera and all of that. I thought that's that that was a good end. Yeah, yeah. it was it was impressive. It definitely was. Yeah, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, absolutely one of my favorite episodes of the season, and very like I said, I think it's very reflective of how all the different aspects of the show have really come together, like the acting and the, the, I mean, not come together. It just, it's, it's a nice highlight for all the things that they really do well. And I liked everybody across the board. I didn't think there was really a weak link. So it was great. This is the second to last episode. Did you say? Yeah. Well, no, we're going to 16. That was 14. So we have two more. Oh, okay, great. All right. Okay. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, and Peter, you said this is one of the most important episodes of the season. Go for it. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, is it Evelyn Munch? Ellen Munch? What's her name? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't I just uh, know her as Munch. Yeah. Munch. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so having, having Holt's nemesis, who's been fantastically played by Kira Sedgwick all these years, so yeah. she... She dies, and of course he assumes that it's like a fake-out. And then they establish, no, 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 she did die, but they still allow the actress, Keir Cedric, to have some videos that she she left, like, in case of my death, I will, of course, still win over you. (laughs) They're going to have um, a memorial, and she basically plans that there's no way Holt isn't going to say terrible things and basically ruin his career. And so he has to figure out how not to do that and everything. And he ends up meeting who we think is uh, another person who says he was Munch's main rival. Like he was the true rival. Yeah. And I just thought, well, it's just, it's great. Cause I really like Kira Sedgwick. I'm, I'm sad if the character really does seem to be dead because I think I have loved that rivalry through, through the seasons, but I thought this was pretty, pretty good. If this is the end of the Kira Sedgwick character, like it's a pretty good way to go out. So that was like, ah, that's pretty funny. So I, yeah, I immensely enjoyed it. 
Nice. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree. I um, I I think I've been a little not critical isn't it's too strong of a word, but I, I've been a little bit less enthused about the series in general. Um, it, it, this season, even and even when they moved to NBC, I don't know why. I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, and the loss of you know the uh, what's her name? I forget her name, but the assistant um, is was huge for me. I really love the actual heavy kookiness she brought to it, Gina. Um, so that was that's a true hole there for me, loss. Um, but anyway, I wasn't sure how I felt about. Um, this uh, Captain Holt not being a captain anymore. And sure, there were some jokes in there about him being, you know, demoted and and him playing this other side of himself, which is kind of great, uh, you know, for, for contrast. Um, but focusing on the actual episode, uh, it was very Holt heavy. And um, I, I kind of guessed that he knew. I knew that he, I it, you know, in the episode, it turns out that he had set up a fake memorial and had filled it with, you know, actors and this and that so that he could kind of pull out the true or the ruse or whatever so none of that wasn't predictable to me but it was just fun to watch it was and i absolutely agree with you um i 100 love kira sedgwick over the seasons um their relationship is hilarious and and uh wonderfully kind of acerbic um so i you know i I don't know if I, this sounds weird after I just said that. I don't know if her, if I care if her character is gone only because I feel like they've done as much as they can with her and maybe they feel that way. The last thing I will say is though, it seems like they're definitely setting it back up. I mean, definitely setting that he'll be captain again. And I'm, I'm very fine with that. Like I would like him to be captain again. I don't love that it was sort of rudderless and weird and, you know, so I'm hoping you know, that that will kind of bring me back to like really loving the show. But in general, it was a fun, fun episode. I will say this, the B story with um, Jake and handing out those tickets, tickets? and stuff. Oh, that was lame. Lame. So lame. <laughs> so lame. And that's kind of what I mean. It's like the, you know, the episodes are some, they, to me, they used to always just hit it out of the park. And I was always like, oh my God, this show makes me laugh so much. So in general, the, it's a little weaker. And for me, that B, B story was kind of highlighted what doesn't work for me on the show anymore. A lot of the stuff seems kind of forced and, and whatnot. But at last thing, I love, um, uh, what's her name? I love her, uh, 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 Jake's wife. She's, um, oh, Amy. Yeah, she's Amy, pregnant. Uh, Amy. Yeah, Amy. I, I'm, I imagine she's pregnant in real life. Yeah, she uh, and looks she's pregnant. Pre- yeah, and she's, you know, and I, I kind of, th- that whole thing is pretty funny. I mean, it's just sight gags and one-liners and stuff, but I, I've always really liked her, and I think they're, I think they'll be able to mine the pregnancy for some really funny stuff. So, yeah, yeah um, it was a mixed, mixed episode for me. Mind All the right. pregnancy, name of Amy's sex tape. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I love the show too. I uh, I agree with you, Sin. I haven't loved it as much the past season, but I still really like the show. So I like. Sure. All right, so wrapping that up, I think we're overall giving this episode a thumbs up. Uh, sure. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Amazing Stories, which is on Apple TV Plus. And the only reason I bothered to check it out was because Tom was sort of raving about it, texting me last night. He was like, "Are you going to watch this?" Ah. Fine. So I watched it. And I only watched one. And? I only watched the first the, one. Um, the pilot? The pilot. And I thought, I have to give them credit because I was 100% sure I knew where the story was going by about the 20, 30 minute mark. I was like, I could tell you the exact end of this episode, exactly how it's going to, and I was wrong. And it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, and I was wrong. Um, 
I give them credit for that because it's kind of hard to surprise me with a time travel story. Like, I feel like I've seen a million of those and I know exactly what, what's going to happen. And they were like, you think you know what's going to happen? <laughs> I like that they I like that they did not go. They took the story a direction you were not thinking of. Right. And if you go back and, and look at the beginning, it makes perfectly good sense. Yeah, it does. It all works. I mean, they finished the loop properly. Like, I'm not disagreeing. Um, and I know that moment where he goes to the future and he sees her with her son that she's named Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't see any pictures of him. We have no evidence of him in the house. And I thought that was weird. I mean, I thought that, oh, yeah, you obviously get her there, but it's kind of weird that you're not here. What? Should, we like... re- should we should we rewind and tell people what the premise of the episode oh, go, was? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, Dylan O'Brien, formerly of Teen Wolf and the Maze Runner trilogy, is kind of an aimless dude, you know, millennial, present day 2020. And then there is a big storm, this massive storm, tech, whatever. And he's he goes down to the cellar of the house they're restoring and he finds himself transported to the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Exactly so, 100 years earlier. Exactly 100 years earlier. So it's kind of your, you know, a little bit of your fish out of the water, a little notebooky. He fought, He had seen a picture of this woman, and then he meets her and falls, and falls for her. And so he basically is trying to get back to the present, but also wants to rescue her because she's got more modern sensibilities and trapped in this era where women are basically property. And the twists and turns of the story were kind of fun. Oh yeah, they really were because I was like, Oh, obviously he never comes back to the present and he ends up spending his whole life there. And all the clues he left for himself were just to get happily ever after with her in the past. I was totally wrong. That's not what happened at all. Yep. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Okay. And I, I like the twists and turns, and I liked, um, I liked the whole storyline. I thought they did a really good job of bringing it all together. Um, but the thing I, I remember about Amazing Stories from when I was a kid is that it gives you these wild, crazy stories, but generally speaking, you get somewhat of a happy ending. And I would say this was sort of, kind of... If you squint with your eye, with one eye, it was kind it was of happy-ish. a happy ending. It was yeah, happy-ish. It was, yeah, it was ish. It wasn't a terrible ending. It wasn't Black Mirror. No, um, good God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they all die. Because <laughs> of technology. So, it was an amazing story. So I give them that. I haven't watched yeah. the second one. Is the second one good? I liked the second one. The uh, uh, IMDB reviewers were really down on it because... And, and this is—I don't know if I should call them out because of being racist. It—it—it—it's a ghost story, and yes, it appropriates many of the tropes of ghost stories. But again, they take the story in different directions, which I'm like, cool, good on you. Okay, well, I, well, I can check. I'll check it out. See what's going on. And episode Go three, which drops this Friday, is the late Robert Forster's last screen appearance. Oh, coming up this is, Friday. I thought you meant. Coming up, oh. coming up this Friday, Friday the 20th. Okay, cool. So, but I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, uh, Peter, you watched the first episode as well. Your thoughts real quick? I didn't, I don't think I loved it as much as you guys. I, I, I'm curious enough that, like, maybe I'll watch episode two and stuff. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I like um, the, the woman that Tom is talking about is played by Victoria 
Peretti, and she was in The Haunting of Hill House, and she was also in season two of Love, and I like that actress, and I thought she and, is it Dylan O'Brien? Is that yeah, his name? that is correct. I thought they had chemistry and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I guess I felt like, no, it just felt like some of the tropes, like the guy she's going to be married to, of course, is a jerk, and like, they, yeah. it just, some of that stuff felt a little like a little old, like a little regressive or something where I was like, eh. They were in 1919. I know, but also I want to say that I thought the optics, I, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about, I sort of like, like Tom is talking about the second episode, which I haven't seen yet, but without spoiling too much, it's almost a weird thing where it's like, how the story ends is a good place for her which i like and that's kind of a nice statement about you know women in general and moving forward but it is i i was a little like well what is the message it's saying about basically the white man like because <laughs> ends up i was like wait so was that are they just <laughs> basically saying better to be so they're they're old news and i was like well like i guess so like i don't know i just i wasn't quite sure thematically i wasn't quite the message seemed a little muddled where i was like "Eh." i thought the i I thought the message is that he did he was drifty and had no purpose as a millennial but when he went back a hundred years he found purpose right Right. and he had less his whole thing was he had less choices so he had to make a choice versus having so many choices he couldn't make a choice that was yeah. pretty much the point of it. Well, I think you're. I think you're right. I think honestly, it's because it might just be because. And I like Dylan O'Brien. I mean, he 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 he's actually pretty good in this episode. He has to do a lot of a range of emotions, and I think he totally does it. But he is still a white male, and so putting a white male to almost it it, it feels like it's creeping into the life was better back then especially for people like me like it kind of feels that way. oh i don't i don't think that i don't was think the, that was the I message the f- either i don't know if it, it just but, he, but he, that's literally what it is like i eh. also let's remember that the woman that he dates as a millennial is a person of color and so it is kind of like that's another thing where i was like wait so he can't be with this person of color. It's all rando. But then he goes back and finds this great white woman. Like, even though I like the actress, she's terrific. But again, that's the kind of stuff where I was like, eh, it's like, what? It feels a little weird. So I don't know. But I still. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. You <laughs> <laughs> could be right. You could be right. I, again, I thought the performances were good. And I'm curious about the second episode. So, you know, right. I get thumbs middle for me, thumbs ish. <laughs> No. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about devs. And oh, I, fantastic! I can't wait to see how Allison hates it. <laughs> so good. Say, all I was going to say is, I watched it without any information whatsoever. Peter just called me. and was like, "Oh my god, you got to watch this!" And I watched the pilot, and I called him back, and I was like, "I still don't know what this is about." Like, I was like, "I've just watched an hour of this show, and I can't tell you anything yeah. that happened." Um. And and but I was still somewhat intrigued. I wasn't sold on it by any means by the first episode, but then I watched the next two, and I was like, "All right, I'm in." Um, but yes, I, now I am curious. Allison, go ahead, tell us what did you despise? Well, I didn't get. I did not get past the first episode. I I just oh. found it so utterly repellent in every conceivable way that I gave up on it. Um, I it was it was. 
the the story was nothing. I I had no idea what the hell was going on. I had that um, and I had, as well. I had actually it was a mix of things. I knew too much about what was going on as far as the the murder was concerned, and I knew nothing about what was going on as far as what what everyone is supposed to be working on, what the main object is supposed you know, to be. The thing that's and crazy? I cared the, even I the, cared even less. That's the thing. In the second episode, that's like the first thing they tell you. Like, you click episode two, and they're like, hey, do you want to know what Devs is? Here you go. And I was like, really? Okay. Well, so I was really it's, what they, it's what they claim Devs is. Well, it's what they're, well, it's what, where they are right now with I Devs, just, and they're trying to My problem was is that I just didn't care. I got, I, I, everything about it was so tedious, and the acting is excruciatingly awful that I just, I gave up. I just gave up. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I got to ask, Allison, did you like Ex Machina? I, I Yes, I did. Same, same writer-director as Ex Machina. Alex yeah, that's Garland. why I was bringing up Alex Garland. Yeah. Boy, their production designer, except for the creepy baby. <laughs> I don't like Dude, that baby is like... <laughs> freaky. Well, and also, when they had... And I don't know, how, did you watch the... Are you up to date, uh, Tom? I, yeah, I... I yeah, I bought a season pass so, so episode three this morning. So in the third is it, episode, is it Offerman's kid? Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's his oh, kid. That's his kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what's right. so great it's still is creepy when they have to, to erect a giant statue of your dead kid. I Ew. know, right? And it's huge. Ew. It's so huge. <laughs> but what's so crazy is when they they play the video and they like play show how that guy really died and how they faked it. They, oh, that they, was great. they show this image of the baby like from below and the eyes mm-hmm. are like glowing and I was like that is the most terrifying image I've ever seen like it's so scary uh, I don't know that was... how that he thought that that was a good thing to put that baby right there uh, probably my favorite line from episode two is Allison Pill reaming the two guys for why is it whenever there's a new technology, <laughs> it doesn't take long for men to use it for porn. Exactly. And they were like, well, it's not really private because people have sex. So, you know, that's not really a private thing. And she's like, really? Come on. Like, it was just, just even them <laughs> trying to justify what they were doing was ridiculous. Um. It's interesting that Allison Pill is in two series playing morally duplicitous <laughs> women. She's pretty much playing the same character. It's very weird. Uh, well, I think in this, she's much colder than oh, yeah. in Picard. But And then the guys were like, can you believe she's saying obey the rules? And I'm like, okay, there's a story behind that. You of all people? Her of all people? Yeah, I was like, ooh, what does that mean? I uh, thought it was crazy that they let um, Zach... Oh, why can't I think of that? The, the the security guy from Devs beat the crap out of the dude who played the ex-husband on Smash. I'm like, really? Really? Wait, what are you talking about? The Russian guy. The Russian oh, spy. thank you. I was like, I didn't... Okay. Yeah, well, their fight was fantastic because I didn't know who was going to win because I recognized both actors. I was like, oh, these are both pretty big actors. And so I didn't know who was going to go forward because I was like, oh, the Russian storyline could be cool. The one in the main title credits. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a that was a really good fight because I didn't know which way it was going to go. Moving to episode three, I love that uh, the the girlfriend basically perpetrated a scam on the security guy. That's I love. Oh, that. that was really good because I bought it for like a minute when she's like. Talking about the tattoo and the symbols and the numbers. In, 
until the friend put the thing on his computer. Yeah, uh, right until <laughs> then, then like, I was like, oh. I was totally like, follow. I was like, oh my god, she's lost her mind. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a good fake out. Oh, I, go ahead. <laughs> no, I agree, and also I really liked how the I really liked how how what devs is about from what we can tell was encapsulated in that moment where her boyfriend basically gets gets recruited to devs right he's doing the quantum cell thing where it's like oh we can go 30 seconds in the future but that's about all we can do and i was like now looking back on it i'm like oh that's why this is that's how this all ties in it's right I think that's pretty cool. And from a science, I don't, again, I of course really don't know the science of it, but it, it feels very compelling, you know, right. scientifically. Uh, so yeah, I t- I'm totally on board. Yeah. I like it. I just, it's one of those shows though, that I could just be watching the next one right now. And they're like, no, you have to wait. Ah, yeah. it's only eight episodes too, which is good because it feels like, like you said with episode two, they tell you what devs is. Feels like they're they're burning story at a good pace, right? You know, which is good. So, well, I, I'm I'm glad that they're calling it a limited series. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right, right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, of yeah. course. If the ratings are really good, I'm sure they'll do a season two. <laughs> right. uh, because that's what limited we... that's what limited series means these days. Backdoor series pilot audition. <laughs> but I would I would I would bet you that. I would. I agree that you're right. That if if it does well, they could do more. But I would assume by the end of the eighth episode, the story will somewhat wrap up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Hunters, which I only watched the pilot and <clears throat> maybe the first fifteen minutes of episode two, and then I was out. But uh, here, you guys finished it. So, what did you think? I so, loved it. Really. Yeah. Even though it was kind of all over the place with the theme and the tone. It gets it gets a little bit more focused as we move on and there's some fun twists and turns and we get some backstory. Uh they kill a major character, which was sad because it's somebody you really like. Okay. And uh, just the Nazi the Nazi plot. Uh, did oh, yeah, somebody talk. else watch I, this, it, right? No, yeah. I uh Allison said she watched it. Oh yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem really with the the fluctuation of tone. I know a lot of people had had issue with that. My my problem with the show, uh, the thing is, I I really was into it for most of it, and they kind of lost me with the last episode. And the reason for that is because they, with with everything that they did, for some reason they really didn't develop most of the characters. You only the only characters that are really adequately developed, even though we've got like ten episodes with them, are the the kid Jonah, Jonah, um, Al Pacino's character, and mm-hmm. and the uh, and the the detective, and and that's it. And the other characters are are drawn in very very sketchily. So um, at the very end, when when we lose a crucial character, and not only lose um, the character. Uh, but but have the character upended completely so that everything that we thought was true is not. Um, it I mean it's like it's like okay well that would have been a good twist if you'd done it at the end of the series, but to do it at the end of season one and you're planning to do a season two, I feel like I have no reason to keep watching because I'm left with mostly characters that 
are are sketchy little cartoons that I don't really care about. And the this one character that I really that was the core of the show, really the glue that held it together, is now gone. I think and, we can, I think we can talk about spoilers, right? Yeah, Lydia? yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can we? Okay. Well, then I'm talking about Al Pacino's character. I see. Um, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, and it was risky because in real life, I'm sure the discussion went. Pacino, I will commit to one season only. <laughs> yep. Because I'm a movie star. But they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to give you a hell of an arc. But the reveal that he was the dude, I mean, he was the main, you know, one of the big bad Nazis who stole the identity of one of the victims, I thought that was brilliant. Especially yeah, well, when they bring in, you know- especially when they brought in Kira DeLay as the plastic surgeon. Or is the older version of the plastic surgeon? Because I'm like, whoa! I know that. I didn't know. That, that, TV. Wait, that wasn't Sir Dulay. That was um, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, uh, no, it was Sir Dulay. I checked the credits. Did you? Okay. I thought um, it was William. I thought it was William Sadler at first. That's what I thought it was. So nope, thank you. It was Sir Dulay. Really? Um, yeah. In any, I, I. The thing is, I think it would have been a good if, if they had if they were planning on going more seasons, then it's a gr- it's a good twist to have for the end. I, I frankly figured out the twist pretty early on, but I rejected it because I thought, no, if that's, oh, you, you know, that, that, that's the case, then then we lose the, the single best character and we're not going to do that. But clearly there's something up with him. So I just kept, you know, pushing that aside as a possibility. So I guess I was kind of disappointed when they actually went there. But you knew from the beginning that there was something wrong with him because they, you know, there were things that didn't add up and, add up. and gaps and things and thing. And when he when he'd kill people conveniently before they'd spill a certain piece of information, mm-hmm. you know, they told you that there was something wrong. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of, you know, thought, OK, well, could it be this? But nah, they wouldn't do that because then we'll lose Al Pacino and we can't do that. Um, and I agree that, you know, he, he probably just committed to one season. But if that's the case, then you need to develop your other characters more. And I don't because... disagree with you on that. That was, that yeah. was by the way, that was my issue. I thought all the other characters they introduced in the second episode seemed like cartoons. That's why and I they didn't like it. And they, and they, and they stake that. I would, structurally as a series, I, I would... Uh, I would fault them that there's an element of magical realism that they introduce in episode two or three. I forget which one, but that really should have been in the pilot because that that's the tone thing that people are having an issue with. You need yeah. to have all the, and, and this is a problem with streaming services in general is because the, because there are no more rules. People are breaking form with how you should develop a series. Like set up your premise in the pilot, establish the narrative pattern, reinforce it in episode two, then go. And because they didn't in- introduce that magical realism element earlier, when it happens, people are like, "What show am I watching?" Yeah. So, okay, how about the second set of revelations in the pi- in the finale, though, Allison? That was I thought that was a great, great. Well, see, I wasn't because that's we're just doing boys from Brazil. And oh, yeah. uh, that that was a terrible movie, and and it was it, it's always been a really dumb conspiracy theory. So I, you know, for me, I was just it's like oh we get all the way here and we're just doing boys from Brazil, really? Well, um, so I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not really excited about season two. I got to tell you. 
I thought it was, and for those of you who haven't seen it, the last sequence establishes that the colonel played by Lena Olin is Ava Braun, and yeah. Hitler faked his suicide, faked his death, and basically Adolf and Ava are chilling in South America with <laughs> with their little blonde haired, blue eyed children of the corn. Yes, All right. Hitler clown. <laughs> are you guys? Uh... So you, I'm not sure. Is you saying? I think thumbs I think we're up? split. I okay. Think, I think I'm thumbs up. And it sounds like Allison is thumbs down. Yeah, I, well, I would have been thumbs up right up until episode right right through episode nine, and then they lost me with ten. I'm sorry. I thought the blackout thing was brilliant, though. Right, I did wrap. like that because that is real. That is the blackout that happened in '77 was absolutely yeah. real. So I, I love the way they put the twist on it. I actually Googled the date to figure out what is that? Oh, the blackout. Okay, that's brilliant. All right. Let's move on. Next up, I want to talk about I'm Not Okay With This, which is a show on Netflix, which apparently dropped two weeks ago, maybe? Something like that. I've watched four episodes, and they're really short. They're only like 22 minutes or something. Yeah. It's a very quick watch. Um, and somebody described it to me like Carrie, but if Carrie was happening with like sort of a comedy and superpowers, I'm not a big Carrie fan, so I wasn't, that didn't sell me, but I was like, I'll check it out. And I do like the fact that she has powers and she's trying to figure out how to use them. And I like, I'm not sure what the time period is because it's not current day, right? What time period is supposed to be? Well, I think it was. Their thing is, there's so much about it that felt like the 1980s, but uh, I think that it was actually supposed to be contemporary. I don't think so because they don't have cell phones. Nobody has I, cell phones. One, I think there is one scene where somebody does use a cell phone, but it's not. It, it they don't use it. What gives you the this vibe that it takes place, you know, before is that nobody is walking around with them a lot. And you, the ubiquity of cell phones just doesn't seem to be a thing. But I think that that's stylistic. It goes back to the uh, the um, graphic novel that this is taken from. Yeah, but I I, I, I don't know. I, I want to check and see because I got the feeling it's supposed to be like the 80s, especially from the clothing, the hairstyles, the atmosphere. Everything felt 80s to me. No, <laughs> Allison's, right. Allison's right. They use the cell phone. Um, but uh they use it like she's in her bedroom and i feel like there's a second time um in like the second episode but 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 it's it clearly is a stylistic thing where they're playing off of an aesthetic of a late 80s early 90s like type of thing um yes there's a more analog vibe but yeah technically i think it is the, the world right now um but it's also a small town like too which is because it you know, kind of like a Stephen King thing. I really like that actress. She she was in. She's um, good. Yeah, 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 I liked her. Sophia Willis. Yeah, she's terrific. I think she's good, and I I I like it overall. Like, I think I've seen three three episodes, so I think you're one ahead of me. Um, but uh, I'm I'm very much enjoying it. It's it's one of those things where like I like that there's I like that the episodes are short. Um, it's well produced. It's just one of those things where. There's just so much television where some, that's why I probably haven't finished it. But I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I I think it's solid. I don't think it's like best thing ever or anything. Um, but 
I think it's fun, and, and it's ending on each episode ends on a nice little cliffhanger, and it and then they the in the third episode they introduce this stranger who could be a bad guy. We don't know who he is, and he turns into mist at the end of the episode. So he have, yeah, obviously apparently- has powers. Apparently that's that reflects back to to something from the graphic novel. I do want to say because I, I researched it. I never read the graphic novel beforehand, but I looked into it after seeing it. I, I blew through the entire series in one sitting because it is so fast and there's only like, like about six episodes. Um, and I have for anyone who's actually read the graphic novel um, and and is kind of worried about maybe the ending. Um, this takes things in a very different direction and they, there's apparently going, definitely going to be a second season. And, uh, it, what I like about it, you know, the, you, you were saying that there was like a carry vibe to it and I can see that because it has that whole, uh, the, there's a resolution that takes place at a prom. Which right. She's covered in blood. blood. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but there is, that's really kind of where it begins and ends because it, it's like, it doesn't. It doesn't have that really devastating, you know, final, utterly lost, nihilistic feel to it. Um, so there's, there's something, you know, more hopeful and more affirming. So I, I do look forward to see where the, it's going to be going in the in its second season. I think all the characters in this were were drawn really, really well, and I especially love the the core three that they have of uh sydney stanley and dina i think that the the three of them just play off each other yeah and i ship the heck out of sydney and dina i'm sorry brad but i do (laughs) and i i've never i don't think i've shipped teenagers that hard before but i was because normally i don't care about teenage relationships i really don't although i will say brad's not a bad guy yay slimy He's like, let's oh, call a truce. No, no. Wait, He's wait, what'd you say? Wait, what? When he, <clears throat> oh, maybe that's the episode you haven't gotten to yet. But he basically tries to call a truce with uh, Sydney because he's like, well, for Diana, we should be friends. We should, I don't know why you hate me so much, but we should call a truce. And he's so smarmy. And she's like, everyone in school loves you. I don't need to be part of that alliance. And I agree with her. There's no need that everyone in school like him. So, yeah, and he does turn out to be smarmier than you may think. At he the, at feels the very but, smarmy to me. Wait, maybe I'm yeah, not the character. I'm talking about the one, the loser guy. No, <laughs> it's the rock, the well, jock. We're talking about the that's jock. Stanley. No, Stanley is sweet. He's, yeah, Stanley is sweet. We're talking he's about character. the jock Brad. The one with no, the... nobody would like Brad. He's terrible. I know. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Nobody would ship like... I'm not saying I, I'm talking about there's an episode that you obviously the next episode he tries to call a truce with uh, Sydney and he's like well for Dinah's sake like we should be friends and we should get along and he like yeah, let's shake on it and I'm like no yeah I don't <laughs> like him I see what you're saying okay all right all right that's all I have to say about that I really I really I like the show I'm enjoying it like you, like Peter said, it's not the best show in the world, but it's fun and enjoyable. I, I, I'm liking it. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. And this episode was hit and miss. The hit was the Seven of Nine storyline I thought worked pretty well. I really enjoyed having Seven back. Um, the part that I think missed... And kicking butt. 
Right. She was great. And then the part that I think was a miss was the pilot, whatever his name is, Rios, and all Rios. his alternate personalities because of some tragedy which stems from, oh my god, he met, nine years ago, he met a synth that looked just like Soji. Like, what? No. <laughs> it was no. so ridiculous. Uh, Everything and- about it was terrible. There, there was a scene in there, in fact, that had like Raffi and all the the, the various yeah. hollow versions of him. Oh, and so it was lame. like everything I hate in the show in one scene together. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, the, and then it was called Broken Pieces, and it was basically named after that storyline, which is the terrible storyline. So, all of that, I think, didn't work, and especially because Picard was barely in it. Like, he was a side character in this piece. Mm. And we're expected to believe this crazy, huge coincidence, which I don't. And then, uh, the, but the storyline with Seven was good. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. But, but what, no. what? Uh, oh, wait, go ahead. You said we were going to say something? Go ahead. No, no, you. you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Peter, go ahead. I, I agree with you guys. Making making the captain have a weird Voldemort problem thing was pretty lame. Like, uh, I agree on all that. However, the two things I like, I of course I love Seven of Nine. I, I thought... They did a pretty good job of getting Allison Pill back because I really didn't like her whole I'm the sleeper agent mold that's gonna I was like, oh I don't like this at all. So I actually I think they did a good job with Allison Pill's character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you know, that. I just and I want Yeah, and I wanna say that I, I think last week or the week before, whatever, I was not sold on her, I don't know, character slash acting, whatever. Um, but I thought that ep- her episode was very strong. And I agree very much with Peter. I like that they brought that back. And, you know, I was also a little like uh, a traitor with a conscience, you know. And I was like, I don't know where, you know. I, it, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. But I think the strength of her acting, she definitely sold it. And um, yeah. they did, you know, kind of redeem her. And and I don't know if she's, if she's done because she's going to be at Deep Space 12. She's going to turn herself in and then she's just kind of gone or I don't think that they would do that um I I knew that when seven of nine I think we all kind of commented that it was a little weird that seven of nine came and then she kind of left I don't know maybe it was just me um but I had always thought oh they got to bring her back that would just be a weird casting stunt one-off um so I loved the way that they brought her back and she's kicking ass and taking names and you know that's kind of what we expect of her and she does that great um I liked I really liked it was kind of creepy in a really good way about how she was like, I may not want to let them go. You know what I mean? They may not want to leave me. And I was like, oh, it's like black magic. It's like dark magic is in her, you know, like black eyes and like the whole thing. And, um, but I, I did, I love that. It made the Borg menacing again. You know, they were kind of defanged, you know, for this version of Star Trek and, and that's okay. I mean, that was the whole point. Um, but so kind of having that threat of like, who's going to be more dangerous, the Borg, like being, you know, kind of recollectivized or is it going to be the Tal Shiar or the Jad Vash or whatever? I cannot believe I said any of those words. Um, (laughs) And I didn't even practice. I swear. I swear. Um, And I didn't even see the episode this morning, right before podcast. I don't know. It's finally stuck. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm just going to give tiny lip service to the thing that everybody said. That Rios character, or at least his holograms, are a mess. And I don't, I really, I was like, I don't know, is this your, like, orphan black thing? Like, you're not proving that you're a gray 
great actor by giving me all these holograms. So I don't know what the point of that is. You know what I mean? I was like, well, that's definitely not Emmy Award winning. Um, but also it's super distracting. None of it's funny. Some of the accents are horrible. You know, I mean, if he, if he at least like nailed it, it might be like a really weird, but, you know, kind of fun thing to watch. It's just uncomfortable. And it drags everything to a complete halt. You know, and I don't mind the storyline of him being like witnessing his father figure killing himself. I mean, I, you know, I thought, OK, that's fine. I'll give it that. But um, it just it it really weighed, it weighed the episode down again. I didn't I didn't mind. They were trying to give him a storyline because he's really just not been well utilized for the whole series. And he's got a lot of charisma. He's really good to look at. I think we got one shirtless like scene with him. So I was like, <laughs> OK, that's it. you said I, I want like, to move on. Uh, Tom, oh, uh, I, I want Tom to be able to you. you said yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. What, what did people think about the history, the history lesson at the beginning of the episode where. The whole, you know, the birth of the Four, conspiracy. Fourteen years ago. Yeah, a little lazy. A little lazy. Yeah. I just thought, what? Who? My issue was, who else would it be? And come on, who? Who couldn't figure out that what's your, you know, that uh, Tamlin Tamita's character wasn't a Romulan pretending to be a Vulcan? Yeah. Oldest trick in the that. book. Yeah. I, I mean, that goes back to classic trick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a little bit lazy. Honestly. I feel well, like I, they should have they should have really good security checks in place to prevent that at this point because this is not the yeah. first time this has happened. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So I'm it's like, come lazy. on, guys. It was lazy. Also, the whole like, let's sit down at a table and make sure that we explain to all the viewers who still don't know what's going on <laughs> exactly what's going on. It yeah. was like, come on, slow viewers. Like, here we go. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine. You know what I mean. So that was a little more, you know, a show telling us than showing us, which, again, yep. I thought was lazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Allison, your thoughts real quick before we close this out. That's pretty much what everybody else is saying. You know, I mean, I, I loved everything that was happening on the Borg Cube. That was all great stuff. More of that, please. Um, and and the rest of the, the, the things that were that were going on with the with the hollow figures and all of this and, and endless exposition and all of that, that was, that was just dull. Also when they tried to kind of humanize the sister character at the beginning with her talking to her, her aunt who's mentally ill um, it's like, that's too little too late. You've already made her such an over the top ridiculous villain that, yeah. that this is just, this is falling on deaf ears. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It's Excellent. not working for me. Excellent. Point. Yep. All right, let's wrap that up. I was going to say, this is probably the first episode we're going to give a thumbs down-ish to. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it was not the best, guys. So, I think that this one is, wrapping this one up, I'd say this was kind of like a, eh. It had one good storyline and, well, two. It had two. How about this? It had two good storylines and then one really bad storyline. <laughs> so, yeah. I wouldn't give it a full thumbs down, but it was definitely one of the weaker, more draggy, kind of not sharp, tight episodes. But right, I yeah. think the Borg stuff carried me through it. It was it that was enough to kind of make me really kind of want to, you know, stay with the episode and like it in the end. You know what I mean? I just right. kind of sighed during the boring stuff. So I wouldn't say it's a full thumbs down. All right. I so if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay Bye. safe. Bye. <laughs> safe. Later.